What is going on, sports fans? I'm your host, Ben Cullen. Welcome to this week's Sports Fix. Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy has ended his winless run. He clinched the Wells Fargo Championship for a third time, just six weeks after starting work with coach Pete Cowan. The world number 15, whose last success came in November 2019, shot a close in 68 to win by one shot. There was a scare for McElroy, who's 32, at the final hole when he took a one-shot penalty but made a decisive bogey. Life has changed a lot for me now, being a dad and winning on Mother's Day, thinking of Erica and my mum back home. This is one of my favourite places in the world. To break the drought by winning here again is awesome. Congratulations, Rory. What a way to do it. Different week, different track, same story. Lewis Hamilton's dominance. Hamilton and Mercedes produced a brilliant, attacking, strategic race to beat Red Bull's Max Verstappen in the Spanish Grand Prix. Hamilton's third win in four races this season came despite losing the lead to Verstappen at the first corner. Mercedes put Hamilton on a two-stop strategy and the seven-time champion managed to close a 23-second deficit in 18 laps to pass the Red Bull. Hamilton's victory was the 98th of his career after he set his 100th pole position on Saturday and it extends his championship lead to 14 points. What happens next? Monaco is in two weeks' time, the one they all want to win. The Mercedes has looked strong in slow speed corners, but Verstappen will be determined to win the sport's most prestigious race for the first time. Billy Joe Saunders underwent surgery on Sunday after suffering multiple fractures to his eye socket in his loss to Saul Canelo Alvarez. Britain's Saunders was unable to continue after he was hit with an uppercut in the eighth round of their world title unification bout. That took place in Dallas. Saunders' trainers called off the bout with his fighter unable to see. I think I broke his cheek, said Alvarez after the bout. Mexico's Canelo now holds three of the four world titles at super middleweight. 70,000 people packed into the AT&T Stadium to watch the two go head-to-head. -head. It was simply epic to see so many people at a sporting event. I am now stoked to welcome Mariko Hill to the studio. Mariko is the former captain of the Hong Kong cricket team and she joins us off the back of some recent team success, which I'm very much looking forward to discussing. Mariko, welcome. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We are delighted. Now, we do this every week before we get into your story. We do some quick fire questions, so answer as fast as you can and we are going to cast judgment on you. Brilliant. <laughs> See what we think of you. I'm glad I have my coffee now. Good. All right. Batting or bowling? Batting. Favourite snack? Ooh, chips. Oh. Chips. Speed or spin? Speed. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Well, I'm horrendous, but yeah, dancing. <laughs> Favourite athlete of all time? Serena Williams. Favourite sport that's not cricket? Golf. Okay. Weird. Most yeah. runs you've ever scored? 141. Wow. Yeah. That's I actually impressive. looked up my scorecard last week. That's why I actually remember it. My goodness. That is so good. What's your height? Ooh, uh, 176. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Okay. Very good. Now, great stuff. That was a lovely intro. Can you give us a very brief rundown of who you are and what you do? Okay, awesome. Um, well, hopefully I can sort of elaborate a bit more. I'm 25 years old, Mariko Hill, half Japanese, half English. 
Now, I'm born and bred in Hong Kong, so definitely have that international influence. But primarily, I am a cricketer and I play for Hong Kong. Um, and I started at the age of 11. Now, ever since I started playing for the Hong Kong Cricket Club, I got scouted to play for the Hong Kong national women's team yeah. at the age of 12. And that was my first ever tournament to go overseas. And that was in Bangladesh. And of course, ever since then, I've never looked back because traveling to a country that's completely outside of Hong Kong, number one, very young, with your best friends, and away from your parents is probably very eye-opening. So since then, stuck to cricket and to represent your country is so humblesome. Um, and really grew from there. I uh, went to island school, so an international school here in Hong Kong, and then went overseas to play professionally in Australia. Um, also went to the University of Hong Kong afterwards and the University of Oxford to do some research. And since then, I am now currently working in Hong Kong full time and still representing Hong Kong and training hard. Very good. Let's go back to the start there. So you were 12 years old playing on the women's senior team. Yes. So who was the next up in terms of age? How old would she have been? Oh, I think she would have been 14. So, I mean, we actually had a fairly broad range of ages. Okay. Um, but I was the youngest at that time. 12 to... 33. Wow. So who looked after you? You must have been pretty independent. Yes, yeah, so we call them mums, obviously. Um, hopefully they're not listening now. But yeah. um, at that age, uh, I would sort of bunk with the seniors and typically sort of go the younger ones with the senior ones. And That's crazy. There yeah. can't be many sports where that would happen. Oh, yeah, certainly not. Maybe in Hong Kong, um, but that's what's so unique about Hong Kong. Wow. So, uh, were you into sport from a very young age? What sort of um, took you into cricket? What did you do before that? Yeah, so ever since a young age, I used to be the biggest tomboy. Um, I hung out with my brother a lot and his friends. Um, thank you, Toby, for listening. Um, but he pretty much introduced me to a whole range of sports, from okay. squash to rugby to football, water sports. Um, and from there, I obviously started playing in the grassroots program and played golf too. And that's where I get get the batting um, skill, I suppose, and transferred it into cricket. Wow. So your brother was obviously a big influence on you. What about outside of that? Did you have a specific coach or your, your parents? Yeah, um, now I definitely look back. My dad always drove me to the grounds, um, helped me, um, obviously. Thank you, dad. No, thank you, dad, absolutely. Because if he didn't, of course, I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Um, once I started becoming old enough to travel, that's where I can sort of say goodbye. But he was one of the biggest influences um, just on and off the field. Hearing him outside, obviously, um, I never looked at the downside of cricket. If I would be sulking and crying because I got out, he'd be supporting me on the sidelines. So definitely a huge influence. Understood. And then from a young age, have you had similar coaches along the way or have you had many different coaches in cricket? Yeah, fairly um, a broad range. I've had probably four or five pivotal ones that have influenced me greatly. Yeah. Probably the biggest one at the time was Charlie Burke. He really saw me through from the young age into who I am today. And he had great influence into sort of the cricketing background in Australia and introducing me to play professionally in Melbourne. So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't really be here today. He was fighting your corner? Absolutely. Have you had many female coaches? No, actually. Um, that's certainly something that we've been working on from a club level anyway. Um, I have had some female influences outside of when course. I went to Melbourne um, and India too. But aside from that, not many. Is coaching something you'd like to go into once you hang up your 
bad? No. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Oh, good question. I actually yeah. don't know. Um, no, so I have been a coach previously. Um, I sort of do short gigs here and there and help the younger grassroots program. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at it, at it from a professional level because um, I do have a career on the sidelines too. Good stuff. And what is the general outlook of cricket like in Hong Kong now? You're obviously personally trying to grow the female game. Mm -hmm. How does it look and, and what are you trying to do? Yeah, so obviously after COVID, it certainly has impacted where we want to be um, going. But uh, with the women's squad anyway, we are currently training for the World Cup qualifiers in November and that's going to be held in Malaysia. Okay. Now, if we qualify for that, there's then a clear pathway into playing in the World Cup um, in the years to come. And there's definitely prospect of that purely because of the amount of training that we're doing and the commitment that we're getting from the level of, you know, from nurses to full-time people to students in Hong Kong, we're all giving our all. Um, so that's pretty much the women's setup. With the men's, they've also got various tournaments, um, and that's from an elite perspective. Of course, as you go lower down, um, the Cricket Hong Kong are really advocating younger generations to really participate in cricket. And from there, we've got sort of under 13s, 15s, 18s, 19s, um, and the women's development that all feed up to the system. So you can potentially represent Hong Kong one day. Understood. And how long was it between essentially starting cricket and getting into the national team for you? Oh, um, was it pretty quick? It was pretty quick. Again, this was, what, 14 years ago, so cricket wasn't such a prevalent sport in Hong Kong. And fortunately, I already had certain skill sets from golf. From golf. Um, that transferred, and they, I think, unique ability-wise, I could hold the bat and ball. Yeah, I offered some not banter, but some, some influence of off the field. Yeah. So I was just a you know, vibrant kid that really wanted to be involved and... Um, Brought the yeah. energy. Absolutely. Thank you, Mariko. We look forward to hearing more from you next week. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. The regular listeners will know that I'm a big UFC fan and UFC 262 is my hottest ticket in the world this week. Khabib Nurmagomedov has vacated the lightweight title and this weekend it goes up for grabs. The All-American Michael Chandler takes on the Brazilian technician Charles Oliveira in the main event. Have a great weekend team and I'll see you for your sports fix next week.